from LPL Financial, welcome to Market Signals. I'm John Lynch. And I'm Ryan Dietrich. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the latest edition of the LPL Market Signals podcast. I'm Ryan Dietrich here, and up on the line in Boston is my good friend Jeff Bookbinder filling in this week for John Lynch. Jeff, how's how's life up in Boston? Life is good, thanks, Ryan. Uh, real easy commute here today with Columbus Day holiday. Kind of, kind of light traffic. It's a good point. That is Columbus Day, I guess, because the kids had school and you know, I, you know, Jeff, we talked last week, well, not on this podcast, but here in Fort Mill, South Carolina, which is in York County, and the little stat is Fort Mill, South Carolina is the fastest growing city under 20,000 people in the United States. We had some water issues. Rock Hill, wow. which is actually famous because Rock Hill is a small town with four players in the NFL. Um, we lost our water for, let's see here, Terrence sitting next to me, what was it, Terrence? Thursday and Friday. Yeah, all day Thursday and all day Friday. Um, we were allowed to use our water by Friday afternoon, but it was a rough couple of days uh, here in um, in Fort Mill. But we, we survived, so I don't know. It, it's one of those things that happened. So, you know. uh, what else is going Sorry, on up you there, guys Jeff? Had to deal with that, but glad it's been resolved. Yes, yeah, so and in the office, you know, they gave everybody bottles of water and they gave us, um, you know, hand sanitizer in the bathroom. So it was unique. A lot of people work from home, but nonetheless, if you were here, it was uh, we we fought through it. So speaking of fighting through it, Jeff, this Friday, and this is all we're going to talk about it. Your Northwestern Wildcats play my Ohio State Buckeyes Friday night football, which is really cool. Now, you know, we can't make a wager or anything like that, but what do you, you're an expert. What do you think is going to happen Friday? Oh, boy. I, uh, <laughs> I think that's going to be tough. Northwestern's got a pretty good defense, but they just haven't been able to put points on the board. So uh, I think that's going to be, be a tough one for sure. Uh, Ohio State, as you know, is real good. Yeah, I mean, there's, you know, I'm, I'm a fan, but it definitely looks like their best team since 2015. They actually have an offense and a defense this year. But enough talk about sports out of the way. Jeff, this week on the podcast, we're going to focus on three big things. We're going to talk about trade. We're going to look at this week's weekly market commentary, which is earnings, which is obviously, Jeff, your specialty. And the third thing is kind of take a look, bigger, bigger look at the economy and the yield curve. Lots of scary things out there happening but maybe under the surface a couple positive things so jeff uh, let's start with trade you know uh, the first couple days last week there was concern about u.s china trade there's the big high level discussions that were taking place in washington on thursday and friday sp was down oh, about two percent or so to kick off the week but finished higher up uh, just a hair under one percent i think when all was said and done and a good rally on friday and the main reason is phase one as we call it uh, there was a, President Trump announced phase one to the trade deal where China is going to be buying agricultural purchases of between 40 and 50 billion dollars. It was 20 billion back in 2017 before the trade war started. And I think the bigger thing is those tariffs that were to take place on October 15th, which would be Tuesday this week, which are going to move from 25 percent to 30 percent on 250 billion dollars of Chinese goods, uh, was actually pushed back. Um, well, actually, was it outright canceled, Jeff? I, it was one or the other, right? I think it was outright canceled because December the tariffs is still in play potentially, but we'll 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 cross that when we get there. But the market liked what it heard. Now, Jeff, is Phase One something we should really get that excited about? Because the market, boy, oh boy, Friday we we took off, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe there's something for everyone here because um, you know the bulls can, of course, cite the progress, and even on some of the tougher issues like intellectual property, uh, foreign exchange. Uh, we we did get some uh, you know some commitments from uh, the Chinese so these are these are positive there's certainly something for uh, the optimists you mentioned that the the threat of an increase in tariffs uh, for this week uh, was removed so those are all uh, certainly positives but 
the Bears out there can just point to the fact that we don't have text yet, right? We don't have a signed deal. Exactly. Uh, the Chinese are saying they want to talk more uh, before they sign something, and we don't have any details. Forget about not having text. We aren't even getting verbal details of exactly how the enforcement's going to work. So, um, yes, it's progress, and, you know, I'd love to take the administration at its word. Uh, you know, Treasury Secretary Mnuchin was out there selling the deal this morning uh, exactly. on um, uh, CNBC. Uh, so, yes, it sounds more positive than perhaps the bears are, are saying it is, but there's um, a lot more uh, still to accomplish here before we can even say we're done with phase one. No, you're right. I mean, if you look at the headlines, you know, President Trump said there's actually going to be a phase two and potentially a phase three down the road. And, you know, it's next month in Chile where President Trump and President Xi are supposed to potentially meet face to face. And President Trump said maybe they can have a signed document regarding phase one. And, and people said even on Friday it might take two to three weeks to kind of hash this out. So I guess it's kind of some steps in the right direction, uh, but it is still a concern. Now, you know, Jeff, I mentioned, I should have said this, gee whiz. I mentioned October 15th uh, tomorrow, and obviously we push back the trades. Today's October 14th. It's my wife and my 13-year anniversary. How about that? Wow, happy anniversary. Yeah, and I always say this, you know, it's the joke that I use, depending who I talk with, the F word. If I'm talking to a crowd that likes to look at charts momentum, the F word is fundamentals. And if I'm talking to a fundamental crowd, the F word is Fibonacci. Now, Fibonacci sequence is all over nature. And to keep this simple, 13 is actually a number in the Fibonacci sequence. So I do kind of believe in the Fibonacci sequence and some of the ways that it's all over nature. So anyway, it's the year 13, and we made the F word the Fibonacci sequence this year with the 13th. And a 20, we have to wait, uh, well, let's see, eight more years. We have the year 21 for the next one. So anyway, so Jeff, looking at a GDP, you know, you think about GDP. It's C plus I plus G. C is consumption, I is investments, uh, G is government spending. So I makes up that part of investments, capital expenditures, company investing in themselves. You know, that's been the big hindrance, really, I guess we call it the last four quarters. That's really peaked and kind of gone weaker since the third quarter of last year, specifically because of this China trade. You know, do you think we might see some more of that I coming in with this trade deal, or do you think we still need phase two and phase three before we can get there? Oh, such an easy question. I think we need a little bit more. Tough yeah, question. Exactly. Um, the, you know, we don't need um, a comprehensive deal that solves everything. In fact, we'll probably never get that, right? But as long as uh, companies know the rules of the game and they can plan within those rules, uh, we should start to see more business confidence and therefore more investment. Right? When companies make capital investments, they're really thinking about the next three to five years at least, usually longer. And so if they don't know uh, where they're going to want to have their plant in three to five years, uh, that makes investing in the plant today uh, a tough sell. So uh, hopefully, I mean, this does get us closer, but hopefully right. over the next, let's call it six to nine months, companies will get clarity on what the rules of the game will be, right? Um, you know, how much market access will they have in China? What will the tariffs be, uh, and and all of that? Those are probably the biggest uh, the biggest questions. And then um, you know from there it becomes I think almost the easy part to figure out whether the economy is going to grow or not. But um, they they really need more clarity. And and this uh, you know, while it moves us closer, we're we're not quite there. And you know we certainly hope this situation doesn't escalate again. But there is the risk that. Um, 
that that happens. What uh, the Trump administration wants, though, is to always have that carrot, and the December tariffs now are the carrot, right? Um, we're asking China to make some structural changes uh, and make certain you know, purchase commitments and whatnot, and if they do that and we get a phase one in November, then we can move on. Uh, probably scrap the December tariffs and, uh, or at least pull back on them and then uh, get more clarity uh, at that point. But, uh, yeah, this is not – unfortunately, it's not over, but we've had enough progress uh, that stocks have continued to um, hover near near record highs. Yeah, and that's the key, right? I mean, look what stocks are doing. The S&P is just a couple percent from an all-time high. Even Germany, with all of the weak data we continue to see out of Germany, specifically in manufacturing – the German DAX, that's the German stock market, has started to quietly, I think, very quietly, outperform the rest of the world, X the United States. In fact, on a relative strength basis, it's breaking out. So those are, I think, some positive steps there. Now, you know, let's talk globally just for a second, Jeff. Uh, you know, last week, the other big thing on Friday, Brexit. So Brexit's been in the news. You talk about things that we hear about and just keep getting punted back further and further. You know, there are some baby steps, or maybe not baby steps, maybe big steps, it sounded like on Friday, inching closer to a potential deal between the U.K. and the E.U. to avoid that dreaded hard Brexit, which is a hard divorce where they totally separate from each other. You know, uh, this is going to be in the news this week. Maybe by the time people listen to this podcast, some Brexit news will be out there. But it seems like it's inching the right way, does it not? There's a a path to a deal, apparently. Um, right. But, uh, boy, on this one, they've been working on this uh, for so long, I, I think it's right to be a little bit skeptical. Maybe the good news is that because they've been working on this so long, it's probably losing its impact as a potential market disruptor. Right? I mean, this is right. three years in, and uh, companies have certainly had time uh, to adjust and prepare. We're, we're hopeful for a deal. But um, if we get a delay or, or we get a hard Brexit, either way, uh, hopefully uh, markets can just uh, sail right on through it at this point. Yeah, and you think back to, I guess, the end of June 2016 when the initial Brexit happened and the Brexit vote happened, I'm sorry, and, and obviously caught nearly everyone off guard, including us here at LPL Research. We had about a 5% drop in two days. And you look back, that was one of the better buying opportunities for about a 20-month period we, we've ever uh, ever seen. And I like the quote, I think it was Patton who, who said it, but if everyone's asking the same question, potentially we're asking the wrong question. So you know, something to think about with Brexit where, like you said, so much of this likely is potentially priced in. Although we're, we're writing about it tomorrow, which will be Tuesday, lplresearch.com. We're going to take a closer look at Brexit, kind of where we think things stand, and then after the vote, which is supposed to take place later this week, we'll have another blog on LPL Research kind of wrapping things up. So we're And we'll probably talk more about Brexit next week on the podcast. So, Jeff, let's move forward. This week's weekly market commentary, uh, take a look at earnings, and we titled it Better Days Ahead is what we titled it. Um, so you wrote it along with John Lynch, and you are our earnings expert on the LPL Research team. I'll just set high level and turn it over to you. It seems like for the third quarter here, we're looking for potentially flat-ish, maybe slightly negative or slightly positive, but flat-ish. But like the title says, better times ahead as maybe the economy can start to improve and earnings can pick up. What do you think? What should investors be on the lookout the next, what is earnings, in the four or five weeks or so as we take a look at earnings? Yeah, it's, it's going to be around flat, uh, as you said, Ryan. Right now, consensus estimates from FactSet and other sources are calling for a decline of 3 to 4%. Uh, on average, companies surprise to the upside by 3 to 4%. So based on that, we could be uh, set up for flat. 
the um, you know maybe one reason to be optimistic, Ryan, uh, that we could do a little better is the um, the frequency with which economic data has been exceeding expectations in the last few months. Right, we we see this in the economic surprise indexes. Citigroup has one, Bloomberg has one, there are others. All it just means is that data has been coming in better than expected. Uh, so that may bode well. However, um, we got some pretty weak September data. Uh, the ISM, the Institute for Supply Management, has their surveys, uh, the Purchasing Managers Indexes for Manufacturing and Services. They were both weak, weaker than expected, and down uh, and in the case of manufacturing, in contraction territory. So uh, those uh, those readings tend to be correlated, especially manufacturing, tend to be correlated with earnings and suggest that maybe corporate America had a little less earnings power in September. So hopefully it was, you know, the environment was strong enough in uh, July and August to offset that, and we'll end up with uh, a solid upside surprise when all um, all is said and done. Yeah, you know, we, we discussed the ISM numbers last week, and the ISM manufacturing data came in at a 10-year low, and the service, services data came in at a three-year low. So clearly some some weakening there. And, and we'll talk more about the economy and the consumer here in our last segment, but the consumer is slowing a little bit, but there are still some positives. Now, Jeff, I just want to read really a whole paragraph from the weekly market commentary that you put together. I think it really kind of summarizes thing. And again, this is from our weekly market commentary, which you'll have access to in the show notes uh, to today's podcast. The trade conflict is weighing on earnings in several ways. Slower economic growth in the United States is hampering revenue, while tariffs and supply chain disruptions are hurting profit margins. Uncertainty around future trade actions is weighing on corporate confidence, which has limited the capital investment needed to drive productivity gains. That's the output per hour worked that can boost profit margins. On top of that, slower growth of international economies, partially due to the trade dispute, has added to the near-term pressure on revenue. Roughly, Remember, roughly 40% of revenue in the S&P is derived internationally. So that's a lot of the big themes that you, know, you, you and I have been discussing here the last 10 minutes or so. Uh, but you know, so much of this does revolve around trade. Now, Jeff, I know you don't know the answer because no one truly does, but let's say we get a phase one deal and a phase two and a phase three. I mean, could earnings really take a big jump in 2020, you think, if we get a resolution, let's say, sometime in the first quarter of next year? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the expectations right now are fairly low right. for a deal, for a comprehensive deal, certainly in that, that time frame. So I think there's a, maybe a little bit more caution in analyst estimates now than there normally would be. So, yes, that suggests there could be upside. And I mean, it's hard to say that companies could, could beat current consensus estimates, but I think uh, they could certainly hit those numbers if we do get um, a strong upside surprise on trade in the next few months. Um, right now, 2020, consensus is around 10%. Okay. Yeah. The, um, you know, if you go the other direction, Ryan, you ask, well, how bad could things get? Right. I think it's easy to see 10 to $15 of downside. Right, so we think we'll get about $175 right now. If we get escalation, more tariffs, and uh, nothing's resolved between now and um, let's call it next summer, you know, we mm-hmm. may end up with no earnings growth next year. Uh, certainly, would be very disappointing and and not our expectation. Okay, interesting. So one other thing that I thought was unique and worth pointing out: S&P 500 revenue growth here in the third quarter is expected to be up 
about 3%, so positive 3%, whereas we're going to have a flat-ish earnings. I remember it wasn't that long ago. We were talking about how revenue growth continued to lag earnings growth, and and that was an issue. Now you know we do, are seeing some more revenue growth. I mean, that's what's your take there? Is there any major takeaway or just kind of maybe some good news under the surface? Well, it's um, I mean, it tells you that profit margins are narrowing, right? Exactly. Because earnings growth is probably going to be slower than revenue growth. Uh, and certainly the tariffs uh, are a big reason why. But we're also seeing you know, companies have to pay more for labor, right? We're, we talk about wage pressures all the time here, and that's what the Fed's most concerned about, uh, other than slowing economic growth and uh, employment. So uh, if we're getting some wage growth and, um, and, yet, and the companies pay the tariffs, it's tough at this stage of the economic cycle to lift profit margins. Okay, understood. Good stuff there. So before we go to our last segment, again, the final thing we'll talk about here in the last couple of minutes is kind of the economy and the yield curve. We're going to ask for everybody's help. Uh, next Monday, I'm actually not here, so we're going to have to record this podcast on Friday. So what we're going to ask for is we do have a an email you can contact us, lplmarketsignalspodcast at lpl.com, and we're going to ask for some questions. And Jeff and I, this, this coming Friday, are just going to answer, you know, five, six, seven, eight, depending on how many questions we get and answer some of the questions that you guys give us. So we really appreciate the, the listening every week and the interaction that we've had, but we want a little more interaction. We're going to ask for your top questions, and we're going to discuss those on next week's podcast. And again, LPL Market Signals Podcast at LPL.com is how you can get a hold of us. So, Jeff, the economy. There are clearly some potentially issues, some major issues with the economy, 10-year lows, manufacturing, three-year lows, and services. Yet the yield curve, the dreaded yield curve we heard so much about as it continued to flatten and inverted uh, the short end of the curve and even the belly of the curve, the 210 inverted. Now we've seen some steepening. The two-year, 10-year spread is a two-month high, and the three-month, 10-year spread actually has uninverted. It's back above zero. Now, I don't want to get too geeky with this, as we say, but what we've noticed here, it's actually called what they call a bear steepener, where long-term rates go up faster than short-term rates. You can compare that other times you have recessions when the yield curve has started to steepen after being inverted, what you call a bull steepener, which is when short-term rates actually go down faster than long-term rates, and it still creates that steepening effect. The good news, again, we're kind of seeing more normalcy, where the long-term rates actually increase uh, faster than short-term rates. I hate to say it's different this time. Those are the most dangerous words in investments. But still, the yield curve is maybe telling us something positive, is it not? Absolutely. Well, one of the reasons why we haven't been as worried about the yield curve as maybe the media right. uh, is because the inversion had been short-lived, right? I mean, the, especially the twos, tens. Exactly. Uh, that uh, that uh, curve inverted for the first time in August, so it's pretty short-lived. For the yield curve to be a powerful signal of an impending recession, it needs to be uh, pretty deeply inverted, you know, not a couple basis points. And it needs to last, you know, more than a few days. And so uh, it's been kind of in and out uh, for just last uh, two, three months. And um, that suggests, and it's been a modest inversion, uh, that suggests that um, it may be different this time, uh, even though that's uh, always uncomfortable to say. And hopefully we'll get uh, continued economic growth uh, well into 2020 and beyond. Uh, exactly. You know, also think about this, real consumer spending was up 4.6% quarter over quarter in the second quarter. University of Michigan Consumer Confidence ticked higher. 
Uh, global LEI data from the OECD on a six-month change also ticked higher in jobless claims, uh, still near a generational low, lowest in 50 years. So all of those things kind of suggest, at least from the consumer point of view, the consumer really is still healthy in our view, uh, make up about 70% of GDP the consumer does. So those are some some positives there. I mean, Jeff, any other comments about the uh, economy as we kind of wrap up this week's podcast? Well, I think you could also say that the ISMs that we we mentioned right. uh, are weak. During each economic expansion, at least in recent decades, you've had these mid-cycle pauses, right? right. And in fact, these dips in the ISM index were you know, turned out to be good buying opportunities. So uh, the question is always, are we going into recession or are we going to see uh, reacceleration? Hopefully, progress on trade helps us reaccelerate. Um, but uh, we think the odds are good here that this is just a mid-cycle pause or even a mid to late cycle pause and that um, you know we'll start we are st- seeing early signs uh, that uh, you know the US economy is, is stabilizing. Uh, hopefully we get more signs and, and that uh, does play out the way we expect. Yeah, I'll just add this. So, you know, those are some good things. Also from the contrarian point of view, we've seen very high put to call ratios, so a lot of worry. The um, AAII sentiment poll came out last week. That's American Association of Individual Investors. Lowest number of bulls we've seen since the middle of 2016. So there's definitely some skittishness out there. Then you factor in the historically pretty strong fourth quarter. Any good news at all, maybe this um, upward trend and maybe even eventual new highs. We're not that far away from new highs on the S&P could be possible. So, Jeff, I had a lot of fun this week on the LPL Market Signals podcast. I look forward to next week where we can discuss the outcome from the Ohio State-Northwestern game. Hopefully I'm happy there. (laughs) Uh, I'll I'll let you sign off, Jeff, and I'll I'll let you sign off, and I'll bring us home. (laughs) What do you have to say about that game? Well, I, I'm, I'm proud of the effort from the Northwestern defense. Hopefully they can put some points on the, the board and uh, make it respectable. Uh, at Northwestern homecoming a few years back, they gave Ohio State a game yeah. probably for three quarters. But mm-hmm. uh, this team is not quite as good as that one. So uh, could be a, could be a tough one for uh, my Wildcats. Yeah, we'll see. You don't know until you play it. That's why you play the game. So thanks again, everyone, for, for sure. listening. Uh, feel free and send us your top questions, which we will answer in next week's podcast, LPL Market Signals Podcast at LPL.com. And we'll be back next week. Have a good week, everyone. Bye-bye. The opinion voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or to construed as providing specific investment advice or recommendations for any individual security. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. All information referenced in the podcast is believed to be from reliable sources. However, we make no representation as to its completeness or accuracy. This research material was prepared by LPL Financial, LLC, Securities and advisory services offered through LPL Financial, a registered investment advisor, member FINRA, and SIPC. To the extent you are receiving investment advice from a separately registered independent investment advisor, 
Please note that LPL Financial is not an affiliate of and makes no representation with respect to such entity. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured deposits and are not FDIC, NCUA insured. These products are not bank credit union obligations and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by any bank, credit union, or any government agency. The value of this investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible.